0: And welcome to the Roundtable, Bill Priestley alongside Thomas Watson and Alan Adler joining us here as well. We're going to talk about uh, some of this uh, that we've seen unfortunately in the past uh, few weeks and months in terms of companies having to make very, very hard decisions, obviously Yellow not too long ago, but now Convoy has come out and said that they need to find a buyer or they need to find some investment there to keep alive. Again, that's a company that has a massive valuation there as well. And uh, Alan, let me start with you in terms of how, what we've seen here, obviously the Financial Times have not helped virtually anybody uh, to a significant degree. Uh, but is there a profile, perhaps, of a type of company that is going to be more suited or more apt to be caught in a situation like this as opposed to one that may be stronger, that may be able to withstand and maybe even survive and perhaps even thrive in these situations?
1: Well, I think finances are always uh, involved, right? But I do think there's strategic considerations. Uh, Let's go back uh, and let's take it over to the OEM side of things, right? Uh, In December of 2021, uh, Daimler uh, truck split off from Daimler AG to to become a standalone company. Um, The whole point of that, and I think the Mercedes-Benz folks who at the time you know, owned Daimler truck, realized that there was uh, unlocking value there, right? They were unlocking potential value in Daimler truck. Arguably, Daimler truck was more valuable even than Mercedes, which led which led the way at, at that company. Then you get into situations where a company probably doesn't have uh, a long-term uh, standalone capability, and that would be like a Navistar. Uh, also in the 21, 22 timing, they were purchased by Trayton Group, which is owned by Volkswagen, and are now a division, uh, you know, of Trayton. Um, they they might have been okay, but they didn't have enough money to really invest in the business long term that would have allowed them to to remain a meaningful part of the. Of the u.s trucking scene i think um they had done a great job of recovering from a really nasty situation in the early teens you know over some uh, bad engines uh and the decision uh, around uh, uh, emissions but it, it probably would not have come back fast enough to keep them in in the hunt with some of these other companies now they've got a stronger financial current and you know they're able to stand alone so that's that's a couple of examples and then you can get into newer companies you know, Convoy, I think, is still a startup to, to most lies. And, you know, the two companies I just mentioned are not startups, but there's a, a raft of them in the startup space in, you know, transportation mobility.
0: Yeah, certainly, obviously, the timing of it didn't exactly help them that much. Uh, Thomas, let me put your MBA to use here in a little bit. In terms of how you look at the situation, uh, obviously, the academic times help very little people, but at the same time, uh, is there a profile perhaps of a company that you're looking at that Makes them more susceptible to unfortunately be in the situation that Cowboy finds itself in.
2: I mean, it was success. You ran out of runway. You're in a situation where brokerages in the space mm-hmm. start out not tech. You start out with human beings who are really good at making a bunch of calls and you brute force your way into the market. You gain customers, you find capacity, you're using a third party platform. Convoy had a really good, Convoy has great tech. I'm going to give you a shout out first before I put you down. UX, UI design, phenomenal. Driver things to do app, really, really good. But when you approach this problem from a Silicon Valley mindset and you go into a business that is cutthroat, you're gonna need a bigger stick. And when you go against folks like J.B. JB Hunt's uh, 360 platform, C.H. Robinson, Coyote, you've got Arrive Logistics, you've got XPO, you've got all these other folks who have brokerages in that space, it's a knife fight. And right now, unfortunately, when we had this low interest rate environment where capital was searching for yield, Convoy and Uber Freight, these companies were able to get huge amounts of funding. But it's like making a deal with Freight Devil. $3.8 Three point eight billion dollar valuation. You want to talk about a, a noose, a, a monkey on your back, trying to figure that out? They had a Series E. You know, you normally want to get one in, by seven, year seven. You want to be SPAC, IPO'd, You're cashing out. You, you know, you're you've been we're reaping what we have sown if we're like a you know one of the the VC firms. And so at the end of the day, I think what happened was. Their system was really great and took advantage and capitalized on the good times. When you are very heavy in tech and development, but you're not as operationally efficient as other brokers in terms of how to go into a knife fight, because that's where we're at, 30, 40% down revenues. I mean, it's what happened. You ran out of time. And these things happen. I mean, nothing against Convoy, by the way. This is a market impact convoy was structured in such a way that if a traditional unicorn wonderful story give me some page views but uh this is a market related headwind that when you have that much tech and you don't have that market share and you burn cash to get market share that balance sheet and that valuation comes a knocking and that's where we're at
0: Alan, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to uh, next Friday, of course, is we have get the unemployment report comes out. But also, uh, John Kingston is going to address uh, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, adjusted benchmark, which they, in the story that came out today uh, basically said that it's been uh, inflated and that it should come down in that adjustment there as well. I'm curious in terms of uh, businesses, obviously, as Thomas just mentioned, those that took advantage of when things were really, really good and they hired on and they got a lot of people and then all of a sudden now it's crashed uh, in terms of how we have handled and how companies have handled that kind of surge and then like uh, us the massive loss and how, what kind of a, a, a cautionary tale uh, this could be for some people that may be in the same business line of work as Convoy or as Yellow or as others uh, in various transportation industries.
1: Yeah, I, I've got to yield to Thomas on, on the brokerage side. I'm not that familiar with it. I mean, I sort of understand it, but I wouldn't be a good person to talk about it. What I can tell you though, is that some of these uh, tech companies and, and obviously in the autonomous space, it's all about, it's all about your tech stack, right? And you know, that's what attracted money when money was cheap. Um, but then you get into a situation, for example, you know, uh, too simple, which we talk and write about quite a bit. You know, they went the traditional IPO route, uh, got a billion-dollar valuation from the markets, uh, still presumably have a good bit of cash, but they've said, you know what, I think we're going to sell our, we're going to look at selling our U.S. business. Um, They've had a lot of other issues we don't have time to get into here, but at the same time, they seem to be looking more at focusing the business on Asia, where there is, you know, some value to autonomy, uh, you know, in China and places like that. So, you know, they obviously expanded very quickly. They've laid off, uh, you know, roughly 700 people, um, shrunk the business, mostly here in the U.S. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens uh, over the weeks and months as to whether they're going to sell because they're continuing to do, you know, marketing around what they have here, you know, talking about their patents and things like that. But but I think in, in a great extent, it is a question of, you know it's very expensive, and uh, the companies I covered generally don't have much of a track record. Um, you know, in in terms of you know either either revenue or even in some cases gross margin, and and so I think you know we see for sale signs going up much more quickly in this space. For example, Hyzon Motors, which is a spinout really of an established fuel cell company in Singapore, um, but running out of money. Um, Lightning E Motors had a vote yesterday of its shareholders. Whether to sell stock at a discount to to Yorkville Advisors, a hedge fund, um, you know, so so the, the times are desperate. Really, I've written this uh, in numerous ways and numerous times. Times are pretty desperate out there.
0: Thomas, same question to you in terms of uh, as you look at, you know, obviously people hired, they got a lot of people on board, and they want to take advantage of those those greener pastures, as it were. And then all of a sudden, the market crashes. Uh, and, and how do you look at this? Uh, convoy included in terms of did we bite off too much, and as a result, we made some decisions in the recent past that have not been good. And essentially, is this a cautionary tale for others that might be in the same spot?
2: It's a cautionary tale for founders. When I came, us came from a startup before Waves called AI Fleet, and Mark El Corey, founder and CEO, gave me some really great advice. We uh, they pulled me in right after the seed round. They're working on the Series A, and he told me, he says, valuations and how you value your company when you're doing these rounds. How much do you want to be valued? Because remember, with great power comes great expectations. And so he, he, when I was talking with him, you know, you have to, as a founder, be very careful because if you decide to get that funding, if you know the tech works and you know it's amazing, you wanna become a unicorn, but you have to taper your growth and you have to make sure it's sustainable. And with a situation like Convoy, it's like a Goldilocks. It's like a fairy tale. Nobody wants to come back to reality. You know, We have this tech stack, we have this working, we're getting customers, even though they're really cheap, we're gonna build, we're gonna make it grow. And you also wanna get that payout. So. We have to approach trucking in the space almost like a hardware. Alan Adler has such a great point. The one that's probably gonna make it in the trucking Daimler is working with Torque, uh, you know, how they're pairing up. That's a sustainable thing because it's built on expertise and experience. A startup, you don't have that luxury. So the fear is, if I get too little evaluation, I lose my buzz. I'm like a rocket trying to reach terminal velocity past series A, B, C, and D. But if I get too much juice, I'm running out before, and, I, and then this is what's happened to Convoy. You're in a series E. You're stalling out, and we have reached terminal velocity. Now, what happens next? This is the cautionary tale. Have they, Did the folks who invested in these rounds, will they still make a profit? They may cut their losses. Or are we in too deep with these VC funds to where we still need to keep pumping because we have to salvage it? I don't know the answer. I'm not the most, you know, I'm a trucking expert. I just know that when I started at a startup, we began as a lotto ticket, and now it actually, the process works. But the biggest thing you have to take away is manage and control your growth, manage the story. And when we hit a market like trucking, people are not prepared for when it gets rough. Because when it gets rough, I'm gonna go back to that knife fight analogy. When you're competing against uh, your convoy and C.H. Robinson starts cutting thousands of people, that's a fight. And when you're fighting for these customers, you got to remember these customers, you're only as good as your rate as a broker. Your tech may be great. Your drivers may like your platform. You may pay your stuff, but in this environment, we tried to, I'm gonna finish this up. I know we're out of time. We tried to use the typical VC approach, which is I'm gonna be like Uber. I'm gonna flood all the money. I'm gonna put so much money, none of you can compete. Well, I'm sorry, this is a durable goods. This is transporting goods. This is a little more complicated. And the players you're fighting against aren't a bunch of New York taxi cabs that are fat off of their profits and selling medallions. These These are stone cold hustlers. And so they found out. Same with Uber Freight. I mean, we're gonna see movement in the space, but right now, it, it's we we couldn't break the atmosphere. Market conditions and gravity held us back.
0: It's Definitely a tough situation yeah, to be in. There's one. Know,
1: just to, to, yeah, real quick. I I I'm thinking about a company that's shown great patience, has a great tech, and is very quiet except it just raised seventy million dollars to keep going or to to grow. And that's Outrider. They're automating distribution yards. Right. They're bringing a real value that very few others are working in and and not a lot of competition there. They're attracting money from, you know, from even in a bad environment. And they're doing it because they're patient and they're taking their time. It's
0: it's gotta be something that we we all gotta take care of of, of our own in this particular situation. And obviously hopefully we won't see too much more unrest and volatility uh, in the transportation space, though of course, forecast for the next 6 to 12 months. Not exactly great there as well. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me on this roundtable. We'll take a short break and wrap up this edition of Freight Waves now after this.